Father, today we recognize your goodness. We're here because of the goodness of God, your faithfulness from generation to generation. Lord, we proclaim today as we celebrate, this is not about the accomplishments of any man. This is not about the accomplishments of any group within a congregation. It's not even about the accomplishments of Second Baptist Church. It's all about Jesus. Your goodness, your faithfulness has brought us this far. And you have not brought us this far to leave us now. You have a plan and you have a purpose. Work and speak in this place by your power. In Christ's name, amen. Thank you. We may, you may be seated. I have no doubt that many of you today could share stories of God's goodness and faithfulness through the years at Second Baptist Church. I've loved this church as long as I can remember. Uh, we came in 1988 to Second Baptist Church, and I was about 10 years old, 11 at the time. This is the place that I was saved and baptized. This is the place where I was called to ministry, the place where I was ordained to be a pastor. This is the place that sent me out and supported me in my ministry. It's where my wife was saved and baptized. It's where we were married 20 years ago. Back then, people didn't get married in barns. They got married in churches. And so we got married in a church 20 years ago. I have seen God's goodness and faithfulness to take a, a second Baptist preacher boy and then to bring him back to serve as pastor at Second Baptist Church in January of 2012, almost 11 years ago. God is good, so good, and so faithful. And so simply today, briefly, I want to talk about His goodness and faithfulness. I want to talk about the grace that God has shown us and the love that He's given to us through the years. But all that God has done in bringing us to this point is not just to look around and see all of our accomplishments. He's brought us here for a reason and a purpose. And we have to be careful that as we look back, we don't glorify the past more than we look forward to the future. Or as we look around, we don't glorify the present more than our desire to continue to move forward. 75 years ago, in just a couple of days, December 21st, 1947, 75 years ago, there was a, a group of people that gathered together and had a vision of what could be. Now, I don't know if they saw everything that would happen here at Second Baptist Church. I mean, look around. Could you imagine all that God would do in those 75 years? They might not have seen everything, but they saw something. And they were willing to step out in faith. They were willing to put their money where their mouth was. They were willing to say, God, whatever it is, whatever you call us to do. And Second Baptist Church was born. And as we celebrate our 75th anniversary today, I want to take a brief moment to think with you about the church. And when I say that, I don't just mean Second Baptist Church. I mean God's church across 
the world throughout history and time, capital C, the church. Because the church is God's agent and instrument to reach the world with the gospel of Jesus Christ. The church is plan A and there is no plan B. Jesus Christ instituted the church. He died for the church and one day he will return for his church. And we get to be a part of that as the local expression of the body of Christ right here at Second Baptist Church. And so today, very simply, I want to talk to you briefly about this subject, 75 years and beyond. Take your Bibles and open to one verse, Matthew chapter 16 and verse 18. One verse in Scripture. 75 years and beyond. As God has been faithful these past 75 years, we can expect that He'll continue to be faithful And what will we see as the church of the living God? What will he accomplish in and through us for his glory? Because here at Second Baptist Church, we are simply a small part of what God wants to do around the world. Jesus is speaking in Matthew chapter 16 and verse 18. He turns to Peter and says something profound something eternal. He says, I tell you, you are Peter. And on this rock, I will build my church. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Jesus says, on this rock, I will build my church. It's his church, not ours. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. I want to notice a few things here briefly in this text. First of all, I want you to notice our foundation. Jesus looks at Peter and says, upon this rock. The context of this verse is so important. It's been misinterpreted through the years. Some have interpreted this to mean that Peter is the rock upon which the church will be built. Some have said, Jesus said to Peter, I'm going to build my church on this rock and you are the rock. But Peter is dead and gone. And so Jesus is not talking about the apostle Peter. In fact, if you know the Greek language, the the word Peter is Petra for small stone, a little stone you could pick up and throw. And when Jesus uses the word rock, he's talking about a big giant boulder, a cornerstone upon this rock. So when Jesus speaks to Peter and the apostles, and they say, the context is this, who do people say that I am? And everybody has opinions. Like today, everybody has opinions about who Jesus is, a good teacher, a moral example, a historical figure. But then he turns to the disciples and says, but who do you say that I am? And Peter gives this profound response And Jesus responds to him in verse 18. Peter's response is, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. See, in the end, it really doesn't matter what all of the opinions in this world say about who Jesus is. What really matters is who he is. He is the Christ, the Son of the living God. And a billion opinions that differ will never change the fact of who Jesus is. You're the Christ. The son of the living God. And then Jesus looks at Peter and says, You are Peter, small stone, and upon this rock, this giant boulder, I will build my church. What is the rock? It is the profession that Jesus Christ is the son of God. 
That's the profession. That's the rock. That's the foundation. The foundation is the gospel of Jesus Christ. I can remember a quote from Rastus Salter. He served here nearly 50 years as pastor at Second Baptist Church. And I remember vividly sitting in services, taking notes and listening to him preach. Even into his 80s, he had such strength, fervency. God gifted him to be eloquent. He could paint a picture with words like you could never imagine And I remember him saying one day, people ask me after I've been here so long, what's going to happen to Second Baptist Church once I'm gone? I'll never forget what he said. He said the foundation of this church is not Rastus Salter. The foundation of this church is Jesus Christ. I know because I laid it. And he did. God used him to build a foundation and to build on the right foundation. If this church is built on a preacher, if this church is built on a staff, if this church is built on life group leaders or deacons, we are built on shifting sand. But as the church of Jesus Christ, Second Baptist, here we can profess and say, on Christ the solid rock I stand. No other ground. All other ground is shifting sand. On Christ, the solid rock, I stand. We are built on the foundation of the profession that Jesus Christ is Lord and the gospel still saves. And as long as we maintain this foundation, we can be the kind of church God desires us to be. Our foundation, our fight, our fight. The church is not a cruise ship. The church is a battleship. The church is not a hotel where we are to be comfortable. It's a hospital for sinners where we are called to step out in faith and to reach people with the gospel. And whether you know it or not, there is a cosmic, eternal battle that occurs every single moment of every single day spiritual warfare is real it is the battle for the eternal souls of men and women and jesus says to the disciples the gates of hell will not prevail against it think about that for a moment we are in a battle the fight for our lives a battle for all of eternity but when jesus says this It paints an important picture that we need to recognize. He says, the gates of hell shall not prevail. In those days, especially, walls and gates around a city were very important. That's how people remain secure. But I want you to hear this very clearly. There's a war between heaven and hell, between God and the enemy. There's there's a cosmic battle. Spiritual warfare is real. But I want you to see The posture of the people of God. Because here Jesus says the gates of hell will not prevail. Gates are defensive, not offensive. Gates are set up for protection around a city. And when Jesus says 
The gates of hell will not prevail. You don't picture in your mind an enemy coming, holding gates, trying to advance. The enemy is behind the gates, hoping not to be overcome. And so the picture is, the church of the living God is not on defense, but we're on offense, advancing the gospel, taking the light, sharing Christ, growing the kingdom through the power of God, inspired by the Holy Spirit, pushing back the darkness, storming the gates of hell everywhere we go. That's what we're called to do. Far too often, church cowers in the corner to the idols of culture instead of standing on the word of God saying, we will advance, we will press on, and we will be victorious. Here he says to Peter, gates of hell, we're in a battle. Our mission is to push back the darkness and to share the light of Christ. And I want you to know that mission, it's worth it. What God has called us to do, it's worth it. Our foundation, our fight, our future. The gates of hell shall not prevail against it. So what does that mean? If the gates of hell will not prevail, it means the church will prevail. As the church advances in the world to carry light into the darkness, we are victorious. In other words, if we follow God's plan, if we follow God's principles, inspired by His Spirit and His power, we can depend on the promises of God and go forward experiencing the victory that He has promised in His Word. The future of the church... Have you heard the statistics and the studies about how few people go to church these days? Have you heard the the latest news about the percentages that are declining all around the world of those who claim to be Christian and how church attendance is lower now than it's ever been in the United States of America? But I want you to know something. God's church will prevail. God's church will press on. And one day, the Bible says that Christ returns for a bride of spotless white because He says it's going to happen. It will happen. And He will present to Himself a bride, His church, spotless, redeemed, and righteous in His sight. We can believe the Word as long as we have the right foundation, engaged in the fight, our future is brighter than it's ever been. What's the future of Second Baptist Church? Well, we're here today because a group of people gathered together 75 years ago and stepped out in faith, and I'm not sure they knew all that God wanted to do or would do through this church. And I wonder what people will say about us 75 years down the road. We are called as a church to continue to press on, to move forward, to take the vision that God entrusts to us. And today is a special day as we celebrate our 75th anniversary. Just a couple of months ago, I preached a series where we revisited greater things. We have 100, over 100 acres off of Highway 96. 
We're building Victory Park. Our sports ministry has been such an incredible outreach for our church over the last two decades. And I asked you, I asked our church to come, to, to, to give today, to commit. I'll give specific directions and instructions for that in just a moment. But I've asked you to come with a special offering. I've asked you to come with a commitment. And I've already heard of so many stories. I've heard students talking about how they're working their first job and they're saving up everything they can to bring it today. And I've heard little kids tell me they've been mowing lawns. Somebody just told me in the lobby they were filling holes in the backyard. The dogs had dug the holes and they're filling holes. And that's how their kids are earning money to give an offering today. Because on this day, we are called to step out in faith. Could it be that 75 years from now, some people will look back on this moment and say, they trusted God. They believed. They stepped out in faith. We're here today because one generation had faith and courage and they followed the Lord. Could it be that maybe one day might be your grandson or your granddaughter or your great-grandson or daughter playing ball on a field, hearing the gospel, trusting in Jesus? Because folks in this room at this church are willing to be faithful. Imagine what God can do. So here's what we're going to do in just a moment. We're going to enter into a time of invitation. And I want to encourage you. If there's ever been a time, if there's never been a time in your life where you've trusted in Jesus, that's the most important thing. He is the Son of God, the Savior of the world. You can know Him today. You can repent of your sin and place your faith in Christ. And your life can be forever changed. Maybe God's calling you to be a part of this church. Maybe you need to trust in Christ. Maybe you've been saved, but you've never been baptized. And you saw a couple of people following obedience today. And you said, I need to do that. In just a moment, I'm going to pray. And we'll have pastors here to receive you, to pray with you. Many, you could just come to the altar and pray in a moment for our time of giving. You can grab your spouse, grab your friends, grab your kids and come pray. Respond obediently and faithfully to what God would have you do. And I know many of you are watching online. Maybe you're not here in person. People watch across our community and literally all around the world. But if you have a desire to trust in Jesus or need to respond today, you can text the word RESPOND. To the number 478-324-5402. Join me for a moment of prayer. Father, in Jesus' name we come. We ask you to speak and work in this place. Spirit of God, would you have freedom in our hearts and in our lives in this moment. Accomplish your will and your purpose. We want to be a generation faithful to whatever you've called us to do. We pray you, praise you, and we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.